0: Whatever is happening is that perfect building block for whatever is next. You know, it's kind of like what happens with their
1: hands. When you let go, they become open. And I think because the mind is so capable, it deludes itself into thinking that it can know everything. This is what a gay man can be that I hadn't yet seen. Can I allow myself to enjoy the experience of being alive? Yeah, so for sure, I wanted to start out by kind of just asking about your story, uh, how you got to where you're at right now, studio owner, integral yoga trainer, all of that. Uh, so yeah, if you're up for sharing a little bit about your journey, would love to hear.
0: Sure. Well, thanks for having me, Avi. Um, I mean, on one level, this could be the whole podcast, but I'll I'll just try to put it in a nutshell. And then if you want to have me expand on some of the parts, I'm happy to. Um, I moved to San Francisco in 1996. That's where I am. Um, I came in 1996 for three months to do a residency at a place called the Headlands Center for the Arts in Sausalito. Back in my college years, I uh, studied painting and drawing and dance and performance art. And through that, I got this award and I got to come out here to do this amazing three month just do whatever you want kind of residency. It was really awesome. I fell in love with San Francisco, you know, at that time. And I also got to work with a dance company called Joe Good Performance Group out here. Um, During my residency, then when I left, they actually called and invited me back to, to participate in the company for a while. So that lasted eight years. During that time, I had some injuries and was aware of yoga as something that could be helpful for getting my body back together from some of the back injury stuff I had. So I started taking some classes. Um, Eventually, I left the dance company and retired as a dancer, as we say, and then entered the event world. And I was in the events world, uh, two different jobs for a 12 year career span. Um, all the while I was still practicing yoga in 2007, I went on a trip to India and I felt like I was ready to take it a little more seriously, take my practice a little more seriously. i had been practicing since 2001, um, 2000, 2001. And I, I felt like though nothing was quite the right studio or teacher. And I'm like, I have to just go to the source I'm going to India. So I took a two month trip there, wandered around. Found a number of places that were interesting to me, specifically Shivananda Yoga in Kerala. And I was like, maybe this is it. Like, no, not quite right. I was visited the um, Aurobindo Ashram, Tirubanamalai of um, the. And I'm forgetting his name, the guru with the in Tirubanamalai. That uh, anyway another another sort of studying place but none of it was quite right then I came back and a few months later uh, I was ready I was able to take a teacher training somewhere I'm like okay I'm gonna just dive in somewhere and I found integral yoga that was actually 2009 so I guess it was more than a few months (laughs) a couple years later or a year later when I by the time I got back and that kind of Sold me on a path, I have to say. It was like the truth is one, paths are many. Seeing the yantra with all the religious symbols around it, pointing toward that center spot, really spoke to me. Um, The teachings, of course, really spoke to me. I continued teaching. uh, I started teaching at Intro Yoga. continued that through my event time. Until 2016, I hit a wall at the event world. And I thought, I'm not... I'm not sure that I'm doing what I wanna be doing in the world. I know what it means to live with your passion when I was a dancer and and an artist. And I don't know that I see myself doing this even five more years. So I left that and began to pursue a full-time path in, in yoga. I had some coaching and support to help me with all that. I opened up a couple smaller studios. One was inside of a spa. One was inside of a boutique fitness gym. And then, uh, I had my former boss from one of my first, my first event jobs approached me about opening a studio in, uh, in his building, which is where I am now. And, uh, yeah. So we kind of went on that path. That was the end of 2019. I was set for my opening March 21st, 2020, that changed and it actually gave me some time to really reflect on what it is I want to offer and bring into the world. And, um, And so here I am today, Makunda studio.
1: And so do you feel now that like you, you're on that path of, of doing what you want to be doing, of bringing into the world, what you want to be bringing into the world, having that kind of spark, that passion. Do you feel that on a day-to-day basis or is this something you're still kind of moving towards? Um good question and also I just thought of the
0: saint that I was thinking of um, Ramana Maharshi that's oh, what God. it was Ramana I couldn't let that go <laughs> I was like <laughs> ah. um, yeah I I I feel like I'm I'm on this you know actually what I what I've come to see each time I pass a segment of my life is that everything was lined up perfectly the dance company the event world this place this studio there's always a feeling of, I love what I'm doing. It feels right. And also a feeling of there's some, there's always something more. So I do have a vision of more of a broader wellness type center that um, includes science, medicine, different healing arts, the creative arts. So I have that kind of a vision, but I know that in order for me to get there, this has to be a building block, an important building block for me. And I also want to make sure I'm going slowly and thoughtfully rather than, um, you know, making some abrupt shifts because something is shiny and attractive. It's like, let me make sure as I go, I've learned about myself. It seems like this works better to unfold slowly and have it make sense. And new
1: things come to me in that way. Hmm. You mentioned like reflecting on your past and seeing that, you know, everything lined up perfectly, I think as you, as, as you put it right. Even though maybe when you were going through it, you didn't feel that it was perfect. Right. No. It's only in hindsight. Um, so now to, to see it, what I'm curious about is how does that impact our relation to our present moment? and, and am I living now with the same type of, you know, anxiety or stress tendency that I was before, or does that reflection uh, on my past change my relationship with the present and maybe bring more peace and ease and acceptance to the natural unfolding of my life? Yeah. Deep. I like it. You know, I think
0: it's over a course of time that this concept gets stronger for me, that whatever is happening is that perfect building block for whatever is next. I think early on, there is a lot more angst and uncertainty and is this right? Is this gonna work? And why am I doing this? Uh, And getting to look back, having enough elements of really their careers that I've had, and getting to see what I've learned from them as I look back, it helps me know in this present moment, it's all good. Like This is right where I need to be because somehow it's worked out that everything before now has helped me land here and it it keeps making more and more sense to me. I think the more I deepen into my practice, my yoga practice, I also learn to not be so attached to what I think is supposed to happen. Mm. Um, But to just keep making sure that each day, each week, I'm holding the integrity of what I want to be doing. I tend to have a lot of energy, so there's a lot that I want to be able to give to my day, um, to my weeks. So in that, I just, I'm grateful that that's there. So I trust as long as I can keep channeling this energy in a way and it not getting dispersed or distracted, um, which is more of what used to happen. I think when I was younger, then I trust that it's, it's heading me in the right direction and that what I'm experiencing now, I don't want to miss out on really appreciating because I think
1: that's how it happened in the past. that in in the past the the um the doubt right of how how it was unfolding that got in the way of you appreciating
0: absolutely yeah cuz so many things were never good enough or it's like well i'm doing this but it should be this you know or mm, a lot of either it was like physical discontentment i wish i was more flexible to financial i wish i was making more money to, you know, whatever are all the things I should have this kind of a lifestyle. And the more I breathe into that, I, I hear how much of that is the external searching. And I get how it was almost like I got to exhaust some of that. And I get to look back and I'm like, wow, you know what? What I did was amazing. I'm so grateful I got to be in that dance company. I'm so grateful that I got to have this residency I'm so grateful that I had an injury, you know, I'm so grateful for some of the more difficult things that happened in India, where I almost like, you know, lost my mind on a couple situations. Um, But I found myself again, again, and again. So those I get to consider part of the maturity process. (laughs) And I'm going to be 52 this July. And I figure that there's now a fair amount of things I've gathered in in, in learning experiences that I want to I want to build more trust that you know I'm being taken care of something is guiding me don't worry so much you know mm-hmm. just
1: keep trusting <laughs> so how do you build that trust <laughs> how does that muscle get stronger get muscle <laughs> yeah it is kind of like a muscle. <laughs>
0: I think it's probably from having to build it over and over again, just like any muscle. You know, we have to almost tear it a little bit. Like when you go to the gym, we're tearing muscle to build muscle. So having lost trust, lost faith, um, having had doubts. And I think also a lot of conversations that I've had with people who have the same kind of feelings where I get to listen to those stories. I'm like, is that true? Is is this you know, the thoughts that sometimes someone's having or I'm having that it's it's not going to work out. This is the worst thing that's ever happened. I'm like, is that true? <laughs> and the more I get to reflect on a lot of this, I'm like, I don't know that those were true. And so that somehow, in turn, gives me that feeling of well, what is true and what I can, what can I rely on? And it's not something on the outside world as we learn with yoga. The more that I can build um, that relationship with something that has that has been with me this whole time, you know, that has carried me through this whole journey Part of my story early on in my childhood also that's actually a very important one is I ran away from home when I was 16 and I was suicidal and I was not wanting to be on this planet anymore. And I went quite a ways um, to to get away from everything. And through the long story, I found my way back. And that that's something I often reflect on. That helped establish a level of trust and things that I think I can never forget about and can always feel there, there's something else operating. If it's left up to me, it's a mess. But if I recognize something else is, is operating here, that's a, that's
1: a good thing. So is, is the practice a letting go to that something else that's guiding you? it's a letting
0: go and I think it's a tapping into Hmm. the letting go I think is more of the ego having to surrender to something that is gonna forever be changed forever change circumstances you know status finances position whatever all that's gonna I just know that that's that's always gonna change so I have to let go of thinking that I have to hold on to this forever. It's got to be, you know, this thing I just made, this studio. I don't want to, it's like, no, actually, I know at some point this is going to go away. Um, as has the studio before this one and the studio before that one and the career before this one. And then, you know, when I left dance, I thought that was my calling. And so when that ended, that was such a deep heartbreak. And I remember I was thankful I got to do a three day retreat that just so happened to work out called journey to the center. Um, it's probably like a month after I stopped, I left the dance company and I just bawled for three days. I was just crying and crying and it helped me understand that letting go process of something, but that I was also opening up to something. Hmm. And that's where that trust part, like the ego is like, no, I don't want to let go. And something said, we're letting go. And it's almost, you know, it's kind of like what happens with their hands. When you let go, they become open. And that's what I felt happened in that moment. Uh, And it became filled with something
1: else. Yeah. like How might you describe the difference between like the flavor of life when you're letting go and, and sort of flowing, with what's happening uh, as opposed to holding on tight and trying to maybe control. Mm. I like that you asked the flavor.
0: <laughs>
1: well, it's, I
0: think there's probably some transition away from salty, bitter, mm. pungent, and then it moves towards neutral. Maybe there's a drop of sweetness that comes in so you know that something is right. Um, I think in many ways inborn in us is this understanding that that is the process of how this all works, that we are gonna have to let go of this body at some point. We are gonna have to let go of being in this world at some point. But we also know that some part of us never goes away. Mm. Some part of us never does end. Um, and that's where I'm really thankful for having established a relationship with Integral Yoga and my yoga practice because I don't think I had words for that for the longest time. And when I was a sixteen year old when I ran away and I was thinking I wanted to end my life, there was such a some other part of me that was like, no, you just want something changed. Mm-hmm. There's some part of your thinking that wants to be killed. Some part of you is 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 uh, continuing to expand and you need to hang on and let there be room for that because it just gets more and more blissful and joyful but you won't know unless you surrender to the process that's kind of how i felt about it so it's 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 scary because we're so fixated on the tangible our minds are so established in the limited mm. you know we get we, we 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 think that all these things that are limited are real but essentially, I think there truly is some part of us that when we start to get a little more quiet, we we can get closer to the Oh, this is just this is just to help all of these things, the tangible things are just to help me work out some of this karma and some of these, you know, other thinking I need to go through. And once I get through that obstacle course. There's there's that, yeah, that, that taste of something sweeter that I think actually eventually becomes neutral again.
1: Cause we don't even need the sweet just, Mm. you know, the neutral is the sweet. Yeah. 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 It makes me think of like my relationship, even with the word peace and, uh, you know, my younger self, I think, you know, if you, told me that peace was you know what i would want to attain be like peace you know what what's so good about that <laughs> and now that that neutral uh place beyond kind of likes and dislikes is uh is really everything to me you know i wanted to ask you uh you, do you get the sense that there is you know a progression that's happening you know even inside yourself maybe like on the on the soul level that like you're talking about working out this karma and going through these different challenges, you know, and obviously there's, there's ups and downs, you know, it's not a a straight line, but do you get the sense that there, there is a, a progression that's happening, you know, both for yourself and for kind of the world on a, on a larger level? Cause I mean, I, I, I get the sense that there's there's a lot of sentiment out there that you know we're going backwards that there isn't a lot of faith in 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 the growth so I'm curious where you where you stand on that I think we're getting
0: more confronted with our real, our true reality of being human I think we're becoming more illuminated to the harms that it can be created from our worldly selves. Um, You know, people talk about, of course, having the Internet, how that changed the way everybody sees the world. You didn't know what was going on. We weren't aware. Um, You know, just last month being Women's History Month, I heard several conversations where it's still this frustration that there still isn't equal rights you know, for women, for so many marginalized groups, and yet there's been a fair amount of progress, you know? So it's like, okay, well, progress, that's good. We're seeing some things, there is some movement, um, but then we learn about something else on, on some other part of the world, or of course, what's happening in Ukraine. It sounds like this seems like a kind of war that shouldn't be happening anymore it seemed like this was the barbaric behavior before we realized a number of things. Well, guess what? You know, I think this there's still a a, a massive potential for um, for power and greed and lust and all those things to just get inflated and more inflated. But I feel like it is to illuminate, not to um, say it's all going downward. And I guess I feel that about those of us that are interested in, in a spiritual path. Becoming more um, able to converse about this, the, the reality of our human existence. Um, to not be so startled by some of these things that happen because it's like, you know what? these have, these have been going on forever. <laughs> we just are, each of us might be having more of our confrontation with it. And, and that stirs up stuff because we're all attached to not wanting it to happen. And then we're like, no, why is it? And that angst and intensity, I think flares up. I think for me personally, More of what I keep learning about, and I love this when I I talk about this from what I've learned with even a Hatha class, is not to expect this linear progression on your yoga mat. Oh, I'm a little more flexible today, so that must mean tomorrow I'm going to be even more flexible. And then the next day I'm going to have my leg around my head, you know, it's instead, I still have some of that, but I try to also bring with me, how am I feeling today? What's happening with my body today? Let me break away from that linear thinking, and just show up as best I can. And I often talk about I think an advanced practice isn't that you can do more moves and more postures, but that you're you're more present to yourself, more conscious, more aware. What's moving through you? When do you need to take a rest? When do you need to um, take you know take that extra breath? And when is your body open and ready for going into other places? So that to me is, it's a different way of thinking of progression rather than it should get better, best, amazing, you know?
1: So I don't know if that answers your question. Yeah, it definitely does. You know, I think what we're dancing around a little bit here maybe is the, is the mystery to, to mm-hmm. it all, right? Uh, I think about the human mind and... The human mind being an extraordinary tool that's capable of understanding so many different things. Like, I just open up to seeing um, more and more human beings and be amazed by what the mind is capable of, right? And I think because the mind is so capable, it deludes itself into thinking that it can know everything, right? Right. So it's like it's so capable, it can know so much, but that so much is still such a tiny little amount. Right. So yeah. that's that, that to me is, is, is the practice is, is kind of just like fessing up to not knowing <laughs> and being, being okay with that. Yeah. Yeah. Well said.
0: And that's, that's humbling. That I don't feel like that's promoted in our culture, right? I think that it's, you'll get taken down if you are, um, if you say, I don't know, or if you don't have an answer, or if you're silent. Um, I think certainly- you don't have some, an opinion on
1: something, right? It's like the need to like have an opinion about everything. Yeah,
0: yeah. And it's, you know, again, it's like, There's value in certainly having an opinion. Um, And sometimes I feel like I need to verbalize that to help me move on to the next place. Sometimes I staying too neutral uh, in this form that I'm in right now. Sometimes I feel like that does me a disservice. So it's learning how to, again, not not go so linearly, but to understand more of this organic flow that happens that, you know, we get to look at in nature, this whole, the cycles of how things operate. Um, Yeah. And the, the endurance and durability of, of all of that.
1: Yeah. I think this is important too, in relation to kind of the movements towards greater equality, right? It's like you're talking about progression and, Um, in a way, righting wrongs, right? And I mean, to me, there's not something that makes more sense to do with our time of life than to try to make improvements and alleviate suffering. But my question is, you know, how is that best done, right? Like, I think the, the goal is clear, you know, less suffering, less inequality, but how to get there, that there's a conversation there. Right. Um, And one thing that you're you know, you're talking about in terms of, you know, like war and thinking that we're past that and and then also just accepting that, like, okay this stuff has been going on for a long time. It's going to continue to go on. It's like to me, a very important realization is that things are never going to be equal, like there's always going to be improvements that need to be made uh, across the end of time for all of existence, like there's always going to be more work to be done. And I don't know if the the human mind, the psychology wants to believe that a lot of times, like it's more common, this belief that there's uh, a peak to get to that. Once we get to that peak, you know, everything is just going to be like blissful and amazing. And, and that's it. That's the place like a utopia, or uh, maybe it's the messianic, you know, history that we have, um i guess my question is, is 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 that serving us to get further along as opposed to just admitting there's always going to be more work to to be done i'm okay with that and i could still enjoy the work i'm okay with just moving higher up on the mountain of progression knowing that there's never going to be a peak to reach
0: So much in how I think we evolve is the shift in perspective. And again, I think our culture and our world, the worldly world benefits from that kind of thinking that says, find that most perfect place. You can get there. You can buy it. You can hike to it. You can. So we we build up that. That wish. And then we get attached to the comforts of either that arrival, that plateau, that peak or thinking we'll get there. And to me, I think it is just part of our survival self and our nervous system that's just been built this way as every creature looks for comfort, tries to hold on to it. As soon as that's attacked, we do whatever we can to get back to comfort. So it just seems like it's on that level of, of our existence. And I do think the more we understand that, uh, the more we'll see this kind of almost as a as a joke, you know, mm-hmm. of our of our existence that you're not gonna we're not gonna get there. But I do believe this very slow evolutionary process of those that envision equality, envision there being peace, that it is a very slow, slower than a turtle pace movement that is worth staying on board for versus saying, ah, we're never going to get there. Oh my gosh, there's too many things. We're never going to find equal. Why? Let's just live it up. And then I say, well, what is living it up? And when you do the consequences, usually are pretty awful, or at least they feel bad at some point. And so my answer to part of that question, you know, what can we do? I think that what I've learned so far is the more that I can reflect on my own behavior and my actions and see where am I living in survival mode? Where am I buying into that? I need things. Where am I buying into that kind of Um, mentality? And where can I loosen that so that I can be a role model for being present, being thoughtful, being kind, and where I can smile at someone. And I feel like that has a ripple effect and then being of service. And that's why I knew to leave my event world and leave the other work I was doing. That is, was a service industry position uh, on one level, but I also saw the, the cycle that was not, not suited for me, I guess I should say. And a yearning to be in something that more specifically has a conversation of wellness, has a conversation of, of slowing down that other kind of thinking that multiplies into, you know, I'm not good enough. I don't have enough. And the more that can slow down, I think we start to realize, oh, right here, right now is actually useful. And, oh, when I'm thoughtful to somebody else, they might be thoughtful to the next person versus when I get irritated and I, you know, say something negative to somebody it causes that negative ripple and I often it's not so much a I don't mean to make humor of it but sometimes I think that's what snowballs into war like little teeny arguments that you and I might have then all of a sudden we're getting all of our forces behind us you're getting all of your forces behind you and then it's like ah okay Whereas what if we would have just hugged it out in the beginning <laughs> and realized, we don't mean to harm each other, you know, we don't, but it's obviously more complicated than that.
1: But in a way, it's, it's so simple, the way that you're, that you're putting it. Like, I think it's always in the best interest of both parties to come to a, uh, an understanding, a peaceful agreement. You know, that's always the best option rather than, <laughs> than you know, fighting. You know, and how many examples <laughs> do we need of that? Um, the other word that you mentioned earlier, um, maturity, you know, and what does it mean to be a mature human? I'm very interested in, in this word. Uh, and it seems very connected to gratitude to me. Like, you know, what to do with my time here? Like, what's, what, what's the point? what, what makes sense. And as you put it, what I heard you saying is, you know, to be to be an example, you know, of of a human that's maybe starting to live a different kind of way. And so is that different kind of way, you know, with genuine gratitude for the experience of of being alive. If if we zoom out and look, like this situation that we're in is pretty extraordinary. <laughs> you know, to and, and I think about it like this lately. It's like, can I allow myself to enjoy the experience of being alive? No. Absolutely.
0: Well, I always hear, you know, gratitude is one of the highest expressions. And I don't know that it comes easily to everyone. I think we can sometimes, yeah, okay, I'm grateful for this. I'm grateful I have the car. I'm grateful I have it. But to have real deep gratitude, I think that comes through the trials and errors of, of our journey. And that to me, yeah, I think that is the maturity progression where we're not focusing on the gratitude of possession, of power, of what we can get out of this experience, but that we are here to be able to give what we've learned. And that to me is the real turning point. Mm -hmm. And that's, sometimes I, I really do think about, what if I didn't, you know, what if I did stop worrying about am I, do I have enough? What if I could stop worrying about making sure I have all of my needs met and what would I do then? You know, that, that question that's often thrown out there. If you didn't have to worry about money, what would you do in the world? Yeah. And on some level, I'm like, I'm, I, th- I think I might be doing that, you know, and I don't know. I don't know that I'll ever get to really answer that question truly. Cause that so far hasn't happened. <laughs> where I don't have to worry about, you know, all those things. Um, but I will say it's, it feels so much more easeful. Living the way that I live now, then even in my event job times, my dancing years, um, it just seems kind of interesting to me that I feel provided for, you know.
1: It's such a shift. I think it's really turning, turning the table over, and realizing that the tendency of the mind is to worry about something. And you can always find something to worry about. Whether it's money Always. or anything and anything else, so it's unless it's this conscious choice that instead I want to turn my focus in the direction of feeling content. You know, it, that's going to be a cycle that goes on and on. and And I've been practicing this, but like still, it's such a deep practice because my mind still wants to worry. My mind is still worrying all the time about this and that. Um, but I feel like at least being aware is, is a good first step. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And it's, you know, I will say,
0: I often share this with friends of mine who have families and are, um, yeah, have a, a involved in a certain way in the world. You know, I don't have children. I have, I do have a partner. Um, I do of course have family members that are aging and having issues, but, I feel like in a lot of ways my life is pretty simple and if I had little beings that I was raising I think I would have a lot more (laughs) angst and you know issues of that sort um and to have to trust would probably be a lot harder be a bigger lesson you know to trust that they will be okay but I think that my role was to be the uncle and to be the support for my friends who are you know doing all of that and
1: to give them a little levity and support. Yeah. Speaking, speaking as a dad, I, I definitely feel like it's game time, you know, in that kind of way, it's like, this is where the rubber meets, meets the road. Uh, Because it's so easy to, to worry and, and have fear, but ultimately uh, my goal is to be the best example as I possibly can be. And I know that if I'm going to be that fearful parent. That's the example that I'm being of a human being that's afraid. And I don't, I don't want to be that for my daughter, you know? So it's interesting, but it is challenging. <laughs> There's no doubt about it. Uh, but I love that that you, yeah, that, that gives you uh,
0: incentive and motivation um, to think about yourself, your own behavior, because you're right. Your kids are looking exactly to you and how they, they see what the world is. Is it a safe place? Is it a fearful place? Is it one that I should always be looking around the corner for what's gonna fall and come after me? Or um, are there other tools? So that, that probably, I, I like hearing that because I can imagine that would help you also know that, yeah, I wanna role model that for sure. And also just, I always say, you know, letting people know that you love them um that 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 is such a strong messenger I mean, I look at my own life with running away, and I know that was very painful for my family and my parents, my mom especially, and I think to myself, and my mom actually said later down the road, she said that probably was what needed to happen, you know. And I think that's, that's a lot of, to come to to be able to say that, right? And I agree. I think it probably is what needed to happen, but I would never want some parent to have to go through that or some child to have to go through that. So I think, you know, we don't ever know what's supposed to end up happening, but how, how we at least show up at least, like I knew that I had a home to come back to when that time came, you know, whereas I know many kids don't feel that or won't feel that and so if there can at least be some kind of vibe that's being generated of love of goodness of you know all that I believe it kind of works out in some way that again is mysterious we can't we don't get to play all we don't get to make all the rules and name all the plays that are going to happen but we can be
1: conscientious yeah thank you for sharing about your story Uh, one thing you mentioned earlier kind of shifting gears a little bit here that i'm curious about is you Mm. you mentioned falling in love with uh san francisco with the city (laughs) and that i'm just i'm wondering about that you know like what what is it about san francisco that that you fell in love with how do you fall in love with the city
0: Come on, there's a song about it. <laughs> I left my heart. No, well, the funny thing is, is I actually I was living in New York for about six months before I came here. Right after that residency I told you about, I actually moved to New York to dance with uh, some friends there in a company. And I loved New York. i had been going there for several years. And then when I came, got the job, I came out to San Francisco. I didn't like it at first. I'm like, what do you mean the restaurant closes at nine? And what do you mean you can't just go anywhere you want at this hour? So it was really frustrating. And I remember I say to this day, it probably took about three years until I thought out and was able to see it for what it is. You feel the progressiveness of this city. You feel the, the, the authenticity of people that were. everybody feels like, or it feels like everybody is allowed to express their, Particular message, whether it's by what they wear, by what they do, um, who they hang out with. I've never seen such div- diversity in terms of, um, I guess, characters and personalities. Uh, and that somehow feels freeing and liberating to be in a place where. You can kind of do whatever you can. We all, I often say this with friends you know, you could walk down the street wearing anything or nothing, and nobody will even turn and you know, bat an eye. It's just that this is San Francisco, so there's something beautiful about that. Um, I think because so much has happened out here in terms of you know, in the, the 60s and all the movements, um. It seems that people are w- really willing to speak up, speak their mind. Um, but also, yeah, there's a real strong yoga movement out here. I think there's a lot of things missing, and so I get inspired also to be a part of a voice that tries to speak up about some of that also, which is in part why I created Makunda Studio. Um, and I'm still figuring out what exactly that is and what I'm, what what is my specific and unique contribution but I feel that there's space for me to do it here. You know, I don't feel like I have to try to fit into a model. Like I maybe would have to in some other city. It's like, I
1: I feel like I get to really figure that out. Yeah. I love that. Like the promotion of freedom and expression, how important that is in a way that, I mean, that feels even like what our country is all about, but even more magnified in, in a city like San Francisco, um, yeah, it's wonderful. it gets me excited. Even, even hearing about it. Uh, yeah, I'm glad that you found your home there.
0: (laughs) Thank you. Yeah. I mean, I'll say, I'll add to that too, just to, to speak it out loud. Um, you know, when I came out here, I don't know that I was as in touch with my gay identity, or even my Asian identity. And that was something I found and and was able to really uh, make that connection here. And the dance company, I was in, Joe Good Performance Group, the director was an openly gay uh, artist. And I felt like that it was almost like a mentoring of, this is what a gay man can be that I hadn't yet seen. An artist, an activist, somebody who is confident and proud and has a message. And, you know, that, that felt it quite, wasn't quite in my vantage point yet. And so
1: that, that was significant. It's the power of, of examples and something that motivates me so much. Um, I don't know if there's a greater motivator just to know that someone else might see you and be given then permission to step forward into their power more into their true selves. Like that's it. Right. It's wonderful. Thank you so much, brother, for, for taking the time. It's been a total honor, uh, to share with you. Um, yeah, thanks for being you, for doing everything that you're doing.
0: (laughs) Thank you, Avi. am I'm happy to get to talk about it and, and learn more about you too, as we do this. So thank you. Yeah. The meaning of which goes something like
1: this. Thanks for listening. If you've enjoyed this content and think others might as well, please feel free to share and subscribe.